We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 125 of the pod coming at you on a Wednesday afternoon, turning the page on a bearless weekend and uh, looking forward to post-buy bears. Uh, regardless of some injury situations, we'll get into all of that. We will also talk a little bit of MLB postseason. We'll give you a lock or uh, or that's at least what the segment is still called. Uh, it started out we'll so good for week. me and then it's just not. It did and you You've regressed to my mean, so uh, not, not quite. Uh, we'll, we'll give you picks. Let's let's not call them locks, um, but we'll we'll give you some picks, and then uh, we will uh, send you on your way with some buy or sell. Some great topics to hit, Matt. Uh, how are we doing this day? Doing all right. How about yourself? Here, it's it's a little bit a um, little bit odd. I'm used to doing this in the morning, first thing when I wake up. Not really the uh, when I get home from work type thing. So I think I'm a little bit thrown off. Yeah, a little bit of a weird vibe here going into episode 125. Um, there are clouds in Sacramento, which is weird in and of itself. Um, so yeah, definitely a li- feeling a little funky today. I wouldn't say I'm my most energetic self, but uh, we got okay. Bears football coming up Sunday, so that that's all that's all that I really need to that's get it by. Right. How, how you feeling now after we've had you, we've had a week away from the uh, away from the loss? We've kind of had a week to take a step back, look at the general. You know, picture obviously got some Bears news that happened over this last week that's not great, mm-hmm. but we'll get to it. But overall, where are you at here with this Bears team? Um, I, I don't think there was any reason for my optimism for as low as it was to go any lower. So I'm, I'm kind of right where I was at 12 days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the sting of that loss in London wearing off a little bit and being able to move away from that, um, I'm not panicked by any of this injury news now the akeem hicks news the fact that he's going to be out for eight weeks on injured reserve with that dislocated elbow that does hurt there's no two ways about it there's no splitting hairs about it is it an opportunity for nick williams to come in and make some noise make a name for himself there in the interior rotate some guys in that defensive line yes um luckily so that's going to help at least ease that sting while nichols um Khalil Mack said it, I think it was week two, uh, week two or three after a win. He said, you know, regardless of who's in there, who's not in there, we got to pick up the slack. Last year, they picked up the slack for me for two or three games. Um, It's our turn to pick up the slack Mm -hmm. now. So there is, as long as that expectation inside the room is still to get after the passer, wreak havoc, turn the ball over and set up the offense with short fields, then I'm fine. Because while... Um, while Akeem might be the linchpin to the defensive, the, the, the dominance in the rush game, mm-hmm. they should still be able to be effective in stopping the run and stopping the pass rush in the pass. With that, I'm not worried about. Kyle Long injury news. Uh, That's not more to gloss sad over than it is like. Here. I, it's more it's sad, sad than it is like. It's unfortunate, but in hurt. a way, it's nice that we don't have to trot him out there every week. It's nice that a coaching staff doesn't have to make a decision on whether or not the superior athlete with less than superior preparation is the decision to make. We're going to go trot a guy out there who's healthy or at least relatively healthy uh, to protect our quarterback to run the ball effectively. Same thing on the flip side of the ball. There's less of a question mark around it. Now, 
Kyle Long, whatever you want to put him in the pantheon of Bears, he, he's not that far up there because he could just never stay healthy. But mm-hmm. this appears to be the end of his time in Chicago. That's unfortunate. He's a great name. He's a great personality. But we have to move forward with players who can stay on the field. And, and unfortunately, Kyle Long's, Kyle Long's modus operandi has I have been no that idea what he that cannot means. stay healthy. Matt's word, Joe's word that's of the what week. That's, that's what that's what mo stands for Matt. you ever heard when yeah that's his when, MO. when someone says that's yeah, his yeah. that's his mo that stands for modus operandi i didn't take that um i don't school. know the direct translation but it's what you expect it's it's just like you can it's who they, is to be heard every third week it's it's you touched on it a little bit it's it, not a little bit you touch on it quite a bit it's unfortunate because the early part of his tenure he was able to stay healthy he was on the field he was a dominant guard it was just the bears were so bad at the early time of his career that it just didn't really matter and he wasn't really able to be effective on a good team and then kind of whenever that switch to tackle happened it seemed like that was the beginning of the end for him health-wise and he was never really the same player ever and it, it, it's unfortunate but like you said um, it, it's it's nice that they're able to just kind of move on from this now. It's nice that they did decide to make this decision when they did in the buy. I think it was pro- coming off the buy. I guess it's probably easier to make that decision when you had a little bit more time to think about it. Now you don't really know exactly what you have in Rashawn Coward. Uh, they have an idea, obviously, because they see him in practice. But now you get to actually see that in the game and see a little more of what you had. Alex Bars is up on the main roster now, and quite honestly. I don't want to say Kyle Long is the only reason the offensive line isn't playing wasn't playing well because that's not true. But as an offensive lineman, if you're playing center, if you're playing right tackle, and you know your right guard isn't 100%, isn't completely healthy, isn't always going to be able to do his job, whether you think about it or not, you're subconsciously you know trying to overcompensate for that. And yeah, it's a weakness. Offensive. It is a it is a obvious it weakness is. on the field. And you you think about that. You're thinking on a double team. Oh, maybe I have to do a little bit more. You're thinking on pass for well. If my guy's not here, maybe I'm going to look inside because Kyle might need help, and then maybe end up getting beat outside because you do take a look inside or something to the effect of that. And yeah. again, I'm not saying that's the only reason the Bears' offensive line has underperformed because it's not. But that can absolutely be a factor. And I mean, every football player ever has heard, you know, do your job, worry about your job. I think that's important you know times 10 on the offensive line because there are really five individual jobs that all need to be done the right way in order for a play to work and if one of those breaks down the play's done i think that might have been what was happening i think he had a few people trying to overcompensate for an injured for a, a totally. slowed down kyle long and it's totally. unfortunate that the career is probably even if coming you're to sending if you're sending running back help to that side to give him a look when you're not supposed to and mm-hmm. weakening your other side like there's just so much that goes into that that has hindered the team and i don't want to make it sound like kyle long has been a hindrance he, he's this tried meant to be a bash sure. kyle long so he, he's no, done whatever I, he can I'm to come sure back he's, he's trying you know I, i'm sure he had somewhat of a say in this too if he really felt he could go and you know the the front he, he probably could have convinced them that he was going to be okay and get healthy he probably had some yeah. decision in okay and i from the all the quotes and stuff he's you know, reportedly talked about with teammates said to the media, it sounds like he's going to call it a career after the season. So he clearly knows yeah. that he's not right and he's not going to be right. So not, hats not off to digging, him for knowing that. Not digging too deeply into it, but I've always wondered about Kyle Long, just his path to the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's a brown bear of a human being with the perfect build to play offensive line in the NFL, but he didn't play football until essentially college. He was mm-hmm. a baseball player. He played a little bit of Juco 
do you have any suspicion that his, I don't know, the foundation that was laid prior to professional football had anything to do with this type of injury problem? I'm not chronic injuries. I don't really know because I mean you can say the exact opposite way that somebody who you know played a bunch in college you know got hurt or you know was already worn down and maybe you could say this way he was a little bit fresher. Um, he also kind of had the family pedigree to do it too. So I'm not totally. I mean you could be right. It could be a factor, but I'm not going to say that's kind of the first thing is because he picked it up so late that maybe that had some sort of effect on you know his his health, his ability to stay healthy, his technique, and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Uh, yeah. But uh, it, it was a very odd situation. I mean, he was, when they took him in the first round, he was a guy, like you said, been playing football for only a couple of years. He was kind of picked out of nowhere. Everybody thought that was a weird pick. And it seems kind of, it just seems like a very short career and a very odd, strange career for, mm-hmm. it, it, like you said, a very weird career arc for him. Very weird football arc, if that works. Yeah. Well, you know you're in Chicago when the injury news starts with offensive line, defensive line, and finishes with quarterback. Uh, Mitch Trubisky cautiously optimistic going into this Sunday. Um, I guess to answer your initial question, Matt, of how I'm feeling about this team, where my expectation, where my worry is at, it still relies on the. It still lies on the offensive the ball. My uh-huh. worries and my apprehensions with this football team going up against. The New Orleans Saints this Sunday, um, kind of a middle-of-the-road defense, uh, an above-average offense. I have no doubt that we could stop a uh, Teddy Bridgewater-led offense. Also uh, might be without Alvin Kamara as well. And all the he might Michael be out Thomas this week, and, Yeah, with the ankle. I know mm-hmm. he's been dealing with for a couple weeks, so maybe they put him on ice because I believe they have a bye mm-hmm. after the Bears. I think so. He also two weeks of rest he did him. not practice, I believe. He hasn't practiced yet this week, so that's... Who knows if that's so trending could, or if that's keeping it healthy. could be a hobbled but. offense, but that yeah. does not do our hobbled offense any good. Matt, coming out of the bye, what are you hoping to see in the first few drives here? Because me, I want a healthy dosage of David Montgomery and a healthy do- dosage of stretching the field in play action to Allen Robinson. Get back to the basics. It doesn't have to be cute. It doesn't have to be pretty. Run the ball with a little bit of smoke and mirrors and throw the ball deep downfield. The I mean, dink and dunk of mid-range football, in my eyes, is why the Bears are stagnant right now. Because they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Can you win football games that way? Can you manage the clock that way? Yes. But when you have a quarterback, whether it's your starter or your backup, who doesn't necessarily hit all those beats, then you're going to be stagnant. I want to see them get back to doing things that are easy for the quarterback and effective for the offense. Yeah, you know, at some point, when I mean, we've talked about it, this you're going to have to take the leash off and just kind of throw Mitch in there and say, hey, it's you, you got to sink or swim. You're either going to succeed when we throw this at you or you're going to fail. And it might be this week. I do agree with you. You have to get out and establish the run. Um, but at some point, you're not going to win a Super Bowl, like you just said, you know, that dink and dunk type of offense. So what I would like to see, like you just said, come out, try and establish the run. You have a little bit of a fresh offensive line. Your guys should be as healthy as they've been coming off a of bye, feeling as fresh as they've been. And that will open things up. I'd like to see them. I know the Saints are going to do their best to keep Mitch in the pocket. I'd like to see some called rollouts, some called boots, some called read options that get, you know, that get Mitch pulling the ball. And quite honestly, I know that shoulder's hurt. You want to keep him as, you know, hit free as possible but him taking a hit early on you know one getting over that i mean you've been injured you know kind of once you you have you've been off the field for a little while taking that first hit it's kind of like a you know welcome Mm -hmm. back to football you're feeling a little bit better you feel a little bit more you know alive 
I wouldn't mind seeing that somewhat early on a read option. Give him a chance to move the football. And yeah. like you said, I, I think if you can establish that run, I think if you can move Mitch out of the pocket and get him throwing on the run, that deep stuff will open up. We've seen it in the past. And I, I, I'm completely with you. It all starts, though, up front getting David Montgomery the ball a few times on that first I, possession, picking up some first downs. I really think that you can get – you can get some defenses playing downhill against this Bears offense because they've showed nothing. Um, they haven't shown the ability to stretch the field. You get those safeties playing downfield, and that's when that play-action pass really mm-hmm. gets effective. But another point here on Mitch Trubisky. I know no one's getting in his ear and saying this because it's undue pressure. There's already enough mm-hmm. pressure on being a starting quarterback in the NFL. But Mitch Trubisky needs to realize that the next 10 weeks of his career could define his career. They really can, and I don't think that's an overstatement at all. The next 10 weeks of his career decide whether or not he's a starter or a backup somewhere next year. I think that the Bears front office has allowed him his room to grow. They've given him his time, and he has yet to make us feel comfortable. Outside of a couple back-to-back weeks of success where – uh, the Bears fandom somehow gets on board with this or us talking ourselves into it during the off season. But we're back exactly where we were on the day he got drafted. Mm-hmm. Unsure of the asset we have. And he needs to define himself as an asset over the next 10 weeks. Or like you said, he will be a backup somewhere mm-hmm. else next season. And we, we've it's, it's it's beating a dead horse here. We've said the same thing a hundred times. We've seen the physical tools. We've seen the physical traits. We've seen flashes of the talent he has. It's just time for him to start putting it all together mentally. And I, I know we've kind of talked about how tough the schedule is. I, I want to one thing that kind of I think watching the NFL this week and not being focused on the Bears, getting to watch a little bit around the league. A lot of these teams coming up. There's not a lot of gimme games, but a lot of the teams we thought might be absolute juggernauts really aren't that anymore. Aren't, yeah. And it is, as tough as the schedule looks, the Saints are going to be a tough game, but that's a winnable game against a backup quarterback. The Chargers aren't the Chargers. The Eagles have but one the of the thing, worst secondaries. The is, there's a lot of winnable games coming up, but that should be – there's no layups for Mitch, but there's some challenges that if he puts it all together, the Bears are better than every team on the rest of their schedule. If he doesn't, the, they're not. And that's what I'm – will he rise up to that challenge? We can, we can speak in all of these generalities, Matt, but it's more evident this year than ever in the past that this is a one week one year league in the sense that the chargers who laid an egg last week had a good fourth quarter if they pile if they if they compile four good quarters this week then they're again the best team in the world we're so immediate in our week to week yeah because these teams are different teams week to week there is no consistency outside of foxborough and a couple other places the the Green Bay Packers at one point look like world beaters, NFC championship favorites. And then the next week they can't move the ball because Devontae Adams is out. Now they're still finding ways to win football games. One week we're looking at Russell Wilson's uh, Seattle Seahawks saying they're deficient offensively. The next week they're NFC hopefuls. Like there's just mm-hmm. so much varied- variability and volatility in these teams that you can only look at the team that's across from you. And I'm not just talking about the players and coaching staff. I'm talking about the fans. I'm talking about the front office. We cannot even begin to 
make sense of who our team is going to be five weeks from now, let alone who the opponent is going to be five oh, weeks from now. I, I think they just need to put their head down, rely on the fact that they have a superior roster than most teams in the NFL, and execute. Because mm-hmm. that's what they have not done yet is execute. The talent is still there, even without Hicks, even without Long, even with Mitch a little bit dinged up. The talent is still superior to most teams in the NFL. Uh, that's very well said. It's it's as football always kind of should be, and it's I think what every coach ever has said. We got to go week to week, and I agree with you. That's what the Bears should be doing. That should be the message of their team. We got to go week to week because, like you said, it seems like this year more than ever, there really isn't that favorite. You know, last year the Rams were yeah. the Rams and Saints. You know, especially when they had that you know middle of the season matchup, everybody kind of had a feeling. You know, obviously the Bears came out of nowhere towards the end, but everybody kind of had that feeling. These are the two best teams in the NFC right now. It looks like the Forty ers they still, there's I, that win against the Rams was nice. I, I'm I'm still not sure what to expect from them because the Rams have been so up and down. That there's really yeah. no team in the NFC that's separated themselves. Been like, hey, you know what? We're by far the best team. We're the team to beat. And it, it's going to be a I, week I to I've week thing it, from here on out. I think I've said it in weeks. I think I've said it in weeks past, but very similar talent level to the Chicago Bears. The only difference is that there's been execution in San Francisco. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo has minimized his mistakes. They've gotten to the run game. They've run for 200-plus yards, I believe, in four or five of their games. Um, they've done all the things you need to do when your defense is the strong suit. Um, I, I don't know if the Bears are watching any other film or if coaching staffs are, but that's a team that you can model a, a victorious game plan off of, but mm-hmm. there's there's a million different things that go into winning a football game on Sunday. So just hope the Bears can put it together this coming week. But Matt, I, I realize we're a little bit later in the week here, so rather than looking back at the week that was in our NFL whip around, we're going to look forward, give you a couple little thoughts, couple words on couple uh, nuggets. the matchups, couple nuggets. nuggets. Why don't you nuggets, hit the music for us? Alrighty, <laughs> Matt, the Nuggets. Guy going to lead off with a Thursday matchup between the Chiefs and the Broncos. The obvious uh, game, right, or the obviously favorite here is uh, Kansas City on the road, only favorites by three. Rivalry matchup here. Spoiler alert here's my lock of the week Chiefs covering three. They looked great with Tyreek Hill back in the fold. I understand Pat Mahomes is hobbled, but this Broncos team. Their strong suit hasn't even been their strong suit. They haven't been able to rush the passer. Joe Flacco looks like Joe Flacco. Um, I just nothing tells me that this is going to be a close game between the Chiefs and Broncos. Yeah, the only way it's going to be a close game, and I don't think anybody thought the Colts going into Kansas City was going to be a close game. If the Broncos can run the ball with Philip Lindsay, uh, I, I think they can. Yeah. If they can control the ball, it will be a close game because they might be able to. You know, best I guess defense against the Chiefs is possessing the ball for as long as you can. Uh, but I'm with you. I think this I mean, is you a saw get, Indy I, do it. I think this is a get-right game for the Chiefs, and I think this is w- w- when you have your your toughness, your team toughness being called out like their defense is the last two weeks after getting dominated on the ground. You're going yep. to play play a rival. I think there's some focus. I think there's some motivation in that room. And like you said, the offense looked a lot better with Tyree Killback. I do think the Chiefs cover that game, but I think we'll learn a lot more about the Broncos in this game, whether or not they can actually be a legitimate wild card contender. And you're gonna you're gonna learn learning how valuable D Ford really was, um, mm-hmm. injecting life into a San Francisco really? defense Seriously. and uh, a Chiefs defense that's laying flat a bit. Mm-hmm. But we move on to Sunday: Rams and Falcons in the early slot. Um, three and three, the Falcons at one and five. The Rams again, just three point favorites here uh, going into the dome. Similar situation could be a get right if the Rams can get right. No Todd Gurley. It looks like once again. Um, 
Jared Goff being, being asked to pass the ball 50 plus times a game. Uh, I, I don't know if that's a winning formula anywhere, but I still do like the Rams. The Falcons are just such a non-factor this year that I like this one. I want, I, I like the Rams as well. I, I th- that's, that spread scares me just simply because it seems like there might be something Vegas knows about it that I don't because as bad as the Falcons have played, mm-hmm. they still still shown some flashes and their lone win came in a pretty nice one at home against Philly. So I, I don't know. Matt Ryan at home, Julio Matt, Jones. Yeah, you never really that. know, but I, I'm with you. I, I, as much as the Rams yeah. can't run the football, I think the, the Jalen Ramsey addition kind of infuses them a little bit and gets them feeling a little better about themselves. And they can, uh, like you said, a get-right game for them on the road and hopefully get themselves back in that NFC West conversation, which is, along with the NFC North, becoming the most fun competitive division in football to watch. As a quarterback in Matt Ryan, if you see Jalen Ramsey out there, I don't know if I'm not necessarily saying target him, but look for pretty basic coverages. Don't mm-hmm. look for many exotics out of the Rams defense and Wade Phillips. This, uh, they, this They're going to say, hey, there's Julio Jones. Go cover him. <laughs> Dolphins and Bills, uh, 0-5 Dolphins against the 4-1 Bills. I like the Bills here simply because the Dolphins are not going to be able to score points on the Bills defense. Yeah, this one could be like a 17 nothing final, something like that. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is Yum. back, which means they might be able to you know, chunk a few more plays than normal. Do you ever think the Bills would be a 17-point favorite in your life over everyone, anyone? Because that's just weird. Uh, I never thought I'd see yeah, it. Yeah, no, that, that feels wrong. NFL, uh, man. But, uh, that's where we're at. Jaguars and Bengals, another growth with Slun Jacksonville, uh, laying three and a half on the road against the 0-6 Bengals, who are sneaky, sneaky favorites in the Tua Tango-Vailoa sweepstakes. Um, Please don't let him go to Cincy. That would suck. I kind of oddly feel a Bengals win here, but uh, I, I I got no feel for this one. This, these are two these are these are two gross football teams about to play football. Yeah, you know I don't think the Jaguars are as gross as you do. I think they play good defense. They can run the ball a little bit, and I think they got a quarterback who's going to get back on track. So I'll take the Jags in this one. Uh, Minshew Mania gets it right. NFC North big matchup here between the Vikings and the Lions. Minnesota one and a half point favorites on the road going into Detroit. I could see this one a pick 'em at kick, but I still do like the Vikings here simply because of the talent level. Um, the Lions hung around against Green Bay, and I think that was their I think that was their best shot. That was their chance. Seldom, seldom do you see a team's best shot two straight weeks, um, especially coming off a loss in week one. So I don't I like know. the Vikings. You here. could have said that after the Chiefs game, though, and then they had the That's bye, fair. and then they came That's back fair. and did it again. I don't – I keep it – I mean, we're only five weeks into the season, six weeks into the season, so it might be too early to say this, but, like, I keep waiting for the Lions to turn into the Lions, and they just haven't yet. Uh, yeah. I, I don't really know what's going to happen, but this one, it's – I think it's a little bit of that – home dogs in a division game against the Vikings team that I don't I still don't really believe in Kirk Cousins I know he torched the Eagles last week the Eagles have one of the worst secondaries in football the Lions play good defense I think Matt Patricia might know how to slow that down I'll take the Lions at home yeah I think it's gonna be really close back and forth NFC you know black and blue division type game but give me them I think that in year this is year three now of Patricia Mm -hmm. I believe Year, in year three of Patricia, you're actually starting to maybe see a little bit of that year two of Patricia. New England magic. Year two? Yeah. Year two of Patricia. Two. Either way, you're starting to see Patricia's game plan and his, um, you know, there's a different air inside of every one of these buildings in the NFL. You're starting to see his air uh, prevail a little bit in Detroit, and that's a good thing. You're, seeing, you're starting to um, see some flashes. They might not be a playoff team this year. They might not be a 500 team this year, yeah. but the Lions feel different this year than they did last year. Raiders in the pack, 
Raiders three and two coming into the five and one Packers. Uh, Green Bay only covering only a, a four and a half point favorite here against the Raiders. Uh, Oakland coming off of the bye. Going to see a heavy dosage of Josh Jacobs, who's uh, squarely in that rookie of the year conversation for the offense. Um, I still like the Packers in this one. Uh, having seen the Raiders up close, they're a little bit of fake uh, fake news, for lack of a better term. Um, you got an offensive lineman who's now embattled in a domestic violence yeah, that's a tough uh, lawsuit uh, in Trent Brown. Um, there's just been so much noise around this team. It's amazing that they're 3-2, and two, but I don't know how much better they get from here. I think they're kind of a 500 football team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because they were on the by by as well after London, right? I think so. It's going to be it's going to be yep. interesting to see how they come out. You know, big win. How John Gruden's going to manage that coming out against a really good Packers team. Uh, but I, I'm with you. It's Aaron Rodgers at home. Um, I, I'm not going to really bet against that against a team that while they're three and two, uh, I'm not sure it's quite at, you know playoff level like they they played against the Bears. Yeah. Uh, coming out of that, we stay in the morning slot where all the action is. Texans and Colts. Texans four and two. The Colts three and two. This is sneaky game of the week uh, probability possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Texans are. Were Texans KC last night? Or excuse me, were they Monday night? No, they were uh, Sunday know. afternoon. Sunday yeah, there was no. There was a new slot on Sunday. Yeah. I don't know why I'm thinking that that was a primetime game. I was about to say Texans coming in on a short week, but they are, in fact, not. Mm-hmm. Um, the Colts coming off the bye. This is a pick game in Indianapolis, but I think the Deshaun Watson show has just begun. They're starting to protect him, and when they protect him, they are a dangerous football team. I like the Texans. It's going to be a, a true test for the Texans. Uh, they're going up against a good defense. The offenses look pretty great the last couple weeks, but that was against two pretty weak defenses. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I don't... It's a division game at home. A part of me wants to lean on the Colts just because I think it's I think it's going to be a close game. I do think their defense is going to play pretty well, but I'm not necessarily sure anything in this game will surprise me. That said, thinking about it, I took the Texans to win the division at the beginning of the year, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my original division pick and take the Texans as well. Um, but I think this is gonna be a very close game, and like you said, game of the week uh, potential written all over it. Sticking on his. Picks your boy, your boy you gotta, up next year, Joe. You gotta Kyler. respect that. We got your boy Kyler, you? at, Kyler at the Giants. That's the next game on the list here. Yeah, next game on the list. list he's uh, sneaky one win away from it. halfway till six. That's all. He's sneaky one he's win sneaky away. Sneaky one win away until being halfway. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals coming in at two, three, and one off a pair of wins against the Giants. Uh, it's another gross football game. The Giants are three point favorites. Giants at home, um, or this is. Kyler Murray coming out party where he falsely makes people believe in his talent. Oh my god, I love how I love how committed to this you are. Um, it's just like, am I? Are we watching the same thing? He made a couple nice throws. No, I, he still I, makes bad. Joe, he Joe, makes bad rookie decisions. It's he really makes more, bad rookie decisions, which most rookie quarterbacks do. This offense is not viable in the NFL. You're seeing. I don't care how many pieces around him. He, he's going to have. You're not going to be able to run read option RPO in the NFL and with. The Super Bowl or six games uh, in a season. I, I'm I'm just giving you a hard time. You know that I actually think I like them this week. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't think uh, the Giants are all that healthy yet. I'm not sure who they're getting back, but if they're still banged up and really only have Golden Tate or Daniel Jones to throw to, there's really no running back depth either. That's a tough win for anybody. And I do like the weapons around Kyler Murray. So I, I mean, that's close to 
the the Bengals Jaguars game you're talking about. I'm not not a very fun game to watch. That'll be the game Red Zone forgets about. But I, I I'm going to go with the Cardinals in a low scoring, not very good football game. But I think they get that one done. The Niners and the Skins. Niners coming in a perfect five and zero against the one and five Redskins, who don't even know who they are, who their quarterback is, who their coach is. They they know nothing. Uh, Niners in a landslide here. The number's big. It's nine and a half. Um, I think if if you were to put a couple shackles on this one, I'd still go with the Niners. They're just they're drinking their own Kool Aid right now in the best way. Um, they believe in themselves. They believe in their defense. They believe in their ability to run the ball. Niners big. I think there's a small chance the Redskins cover here, just because a lot of times the NFL or in sports you see when a coach gets fired, a lot of the time the next week, the next game or so, team seems to bounce back a little bit and play well. Uh, yep. I think the Niners win this game. It might just it's a it's a game on the road against the team while, while the Niners look great not one that's totally accustomed to winning yet and it, it could be a letdown spot after a big win against the Rams I still think they win the ball game and I'm not sure you know Washington you're ever really thinking is going to win this game but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Redskins sneak in a cover uh, I like that because narrative is moving the right direction for a cover there like you said Redskins but the, the NFL's just been weird all year man the, the NFL's everybody's weird. high on the 49ers and whatever you think is going to happen in the NFL bigger, isn't yeah. going to happen and it's just weird yeah. I don't like it Chargers and Titans kicking off the uh, afternoon slot two and four Chargers against the two and four Titans another stinker Tennessee two point favorites at home I'm going to speak my prophecy into existence here I think this is where the Chargers start to put some football together um, they need to protect Philip Rivers. You saw what happened when they protect him in the fourth quarter. They make a bit of a comeback last week, fall short. Um, I still like the Chargers here covering the two against the Titans. Yeah, you know, I thought going into last week, I had the Titans figured out as a team that when you thought they were going to stink, played really well, and we thought they're going to play really well, play really bad. Uh, I thought they're mm-hmm. going to come beat the beat the Broncos last week and do so pretty easily, coming off a bad loss. They didn't. They got killed. I'm with you. I, I think the Chargers aren't. They're not, I don't think they're a very good football team, but I don't think they're as bad as we've seen so far. Uh, Melvin Gordon is, fine, is hopefully getting kind of reacclimated into that offense. They're figuring out how to use him again. Uh, I think Phil Rivers gets the job done there on the road. Uh, Saints and Bears. Bears, three-point favorites. They cover, they win. Uh, I'm going to take – yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, but that's got to be a homer pick, obviously. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Something I think this team is a proud football team. I, I, I hope to see them bounce back from adversity. They always play much better football at home. They've stepped up uh, with the exception of the – I mean, even though they didn't win that Packers game, the defense was still fairly dominant. Say what you want about the offense. The defense always seems to play really good football at home. Uh, if the Saints are without Alvin Kamara, if they have Teddy Bridgewater, I know he's been great all – you know, very good filling in for Drew Brees. He's not Drew Brees. I think the Bears defense plays really, really well on Sunday, and they win a low-scoring one like 17-14, something like that. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Ravens, Ravens Seahawks at 125. Going to be a good game. The 4-2 Ravens against the 5-1 and one Seahawks. Seattle, obviously one of the toughest t- places still in the NFL to go and win a game. Seattle, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um not even going to begin to try and make sense of this line, but I like the Seahawks at home. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Seahawks here. I don't really buy into the Ravens yet. Uh, their, their big wins have come against pretty bad football teams for the most part. Uh, I, I just I don't really buy them until they beat a you know notable good football team, if that makes sense. And I think Seattle's finding ways to win, and I think they have 
the most underrated quarterback in football if it's possible to underrate Russell Wilson. And I, I, I for a decade, just, yeah, he really seems like he has. I know he gets love here and there, but he really does. But I know he just has the one Super Bowl he should have too. He's really up there in the same ilk, I think, as as a Brady or a Breeze, and who I'd want out there if I had to win a football game. I'm going to go with the Seahawks at home against a Ravens team that I just, I just don't believe in yet. Eagles and Cowboys love that matchup. Anytime you can put them on the same field. We are in Arlington, Texas at Jerry's World for this one. Dallas, three-point favorites. Um, you alluded to it earlier, the Eagles much maligned secondary. Uh, Cowboys could be without Amari Cooper if he's in there mm-hmm. for him to eat big. If not, all these other Cowboys uh, wide receivers are going to because the Eagles are just so deficient defensively in the past game. Um, Dak Prescott starting to hurt his bank account here week after week. I think we got to see him put some good football games together and i think he has the ability to do it i like dallas and the number they're covering three yeah i think it's a get right game for the cowboys i don't really believe in either of these teams as you know being a top top of the nfc type team yet um but in a divisional matchup like this one that's historically close give me the home team uh, i'll take dallas against like you said that very depleted secondary of philadelphia they missed out on a big opportunity to go get Jalen Ramsey, too. Because if they go get Jalen Ramsey, I think that yep. makes them the favorite in the NFC East. I think they missed out on a big opportunity. Pats and Jets. Uh, Patriots, You, your turn. I'm going to take the Patriots, uh, obviously. <laughs> uh, big, big The number's there. 10. I like the Jets covering the number. The number's 10. And I, I'm actually – I don't I – w- I'm not going to touch that game because I, I don't – you don't make money often betting against the Patriots, but the Jets showed me something <laughs> last week about how much of a different team they are with Sam Darnold in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, big shocker. You get your first, your, your best quarterback, your, your, whatever, your first-string quarterback back. You don't have to keep playing your third string or your better team. Who would have saw that one coming? But they're not a bad football team. They gave the Bills trouble in week one. They almost won that game, even though they lost the turnover battle like 4-1, to 4-0. to They still almost won it. Um, I think the Jets might keep it close-ish, but it, as is in any Patriots game especially, you can keep it close and still lose by 13 points. Excuse me, that was the Monday night matchup yes. with the Eagles and the Sunday Cowboys. Night, the yeah, Sunday night is Eagles-Cowboys. Monday night is past. And that's it. That's your look at the NFL season, or excuse me, the NFL week this coming week. Um, should be another fun one. Got some stinkers, got some good ones, but uh, NFL football nonetheless. We're smack dab in the middle of it. And it's the best time of year. We got some playoff baseball, Matt. We're going to dig into playoff baseball hmm. in our segments here. You want to get into, you want to go locks of the week? You want to get those out of the way first, and then we'll go sure. by ourselves? Yeah, well, you you, right. you already said yours, so why don't you give it KC again one more time? KC minus people. three tomorrow night. Lock it in, lock it in, lock it in. They're going to do a number on the Broncos uh, in Mile High Stadium. Joe's getting back to his old faithful of just picking the best football team. Yes. That's Pick not good football teams. I am going to go. I'm going to go to the college ranks. Uh, I know it's it's tough to win on the road whenever in conference. Florida minus five at South Carolina. I pe- think people are, are drinking the South Carolina Kool Aid a little bit too much uh, after the win against Georgia. I think that's a little bit of a letdown spot. I think Florida played pretty well against LSU. Their offense kind of showed you something. Uh, give me Florida in that matchup minus five. He likes Florida minus five. Gator so you got a. Thursday lock and you got a Saturday lock. Leave Sunday alone. Yeah, don't um, touch Sunday. We don't bet pro that, football here anymore. For some reason, that Tennessee line—I forget what it was—but that Tennessee line. Tennessee really minus two. Uh, yeah. Tennessee minus two. Uh, if you wanted to take the Chargers and say that was it, I would not blame you for it. I'd like the Chargers covering that. Yeah, I would not blame you for taking it. Yeah. 
Um, all right, Matt, you want to jump into some buy or sell here before we say goodbye to the people? Surely. You want, you want to start? Yeah. Um, we're going straight to Major League Baseball here. It's been an entertaining. It's been an entertaining postseason. Uh, we have our NL World Series contender in the Washington Nationals set. They will play either the Houston Astros or the New York Yankees. I have a feeling that they're going to be waiting for about a week here um, with the game getting postponed today till tomorrow, mm-hmm. game three. Um, I think this one goes, or excuse me, game four? Game four. Game four uh, is I think tomorrow. This one goes, I think this one goes the distance to seven. It just has all the makings of it. So the Nats going to be on ice for a little bit. But to get into the buy or sell here, uh, the Nationals, Undefeated in the playoffs right now, I believe that that's correct, right? They swept and swept. No, they lost the. Believe, they lost the. They, they beat lost the Dodgers the, in five. They beat the Dodgers. You're right. Oh, yeah, five, yeah, that yeah. was a game five. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Regardless, okay. the Nationals having a fantastic season, their first ever trip to the uh, World Series as a franchise. What do you make of this all coming on the heels of Bryce Harper's exit? Buy or sell? The Nationals are better off without Bryce Harper. Do you buy into that? I. I kind of don't um because if you put bryce harper in that lineup um you'd rather have him in that lineup right now i don't know off the top of my head who's starting in right field for them i think it's juan soto in left robos is right i'm not i don't remember who's or is in center i don't know who remember who's in right that said they might have been able mm-hmm. to kind of spread that money around a little bit better and i think they bolstered their rotation got patrick corbin so you tell me right now like buy or sell if bryce harper was starting right field the nationals are a better team i, I would buy that i think they would be but you can absolutely make the argument that they didn't need to spend that 300 they didn't they went out and signed a guy like patrick corbin kind of bolstered that rotation now you're looking at arguably the best rotation left in baseball yeah i I, i'm completely right in lockstep with where you're at if you were to put bryce harper on this team with this staff obviously it's a better baseball team Mm -hmm. i i just don't buy into the fact that if i don't buy into the um omission here he's one of the top baseball players in the league he's never going to be your big average guy but mm-hmm. he's he produces he is what he is There's no doubt and, about it and if you want to make the argument about guys having to live in his shadow and play in his shadow and all of those things that's another angle at it but it's a bad look for bryce any way you cut it here yeah it's it's, it's tough for him uh i good for uh, i guess good for ryan zimmerman he's been with the nationals for the entirety i believe of yeah. their existence First ever draft. Uh, he, he's a he's a lifer there. He's been a really good baseball player. He was you know pretty elite one over at third base for a while. Now he's on the end of his career playing first, but he's been effective for him. So good for him. And I really do think I, the, the Nationals feel like a team of destiny to me. I think they get this done. I think that pitching staff wins the World Series. I really do. Uh, if they can get the days right, I, I just I don't know if Houston gets out of there. Houston's pitching staff is just as good. It's, can um, you imagine those I pitching think- matchups though? Oh, it'd be fantastic. You got, you, you're going to go, in all likelihood, I mean, even if they go 7-1 of Grinky, Verlander, Cole starting game one. So you got Scherzer, Cole, Verlander, Strasburg, Corbin, Grinky. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's going to be uh... – it's going to be the exact World Series that the uh, MLB doesn't want. A bunch of one nothing ball games. Yeah, I think, <laughs> think that might lead to your next buy or sell question, but, but we'll move over to me here first. I'm going, yeah, to take things, going to take things to the hardwood. Uh, NBA coming back fairly soon. I think I know the Bulls are wrapping up their preseason. I think their opener is the 23rd. Michael King's final pregame, preseason right? game is tonight against, uh, I believe it's the Melbourne United uh, 
Australian basketball team. That's a so big one. Look, big, look big for that matchup. one. Big matchup look for, for them one. out there. Um, I'm going to stick to the Bulls. Those Zach Levine's having a real good preseason. Um, mm-hmm. All-Star game is in Chicago. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, buy or sell, this is the year Zach Levine breaks out and becomes an All-Star. Um, I think those are two different things. Okay. I think that's. I think that Zach Levine can break out and and can be an all star and still not break out per mm-hmm. se. Um, it's fan voting. He's going to have a big push from Chicago. If the league's going to put any sort of slant or bump any numbers, it's going to be the hometown guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll buy it. I'll buy the whole package of it. I'll buy that he breaks out this year. I think that they're going to be a much better basketball team. I think that they're cohesiveness as a unit and having played together for a few years um, is going to really shine through this year. And it's his team. Mm -hmm. I think it's clear that this is his team now, whereas in years past, I don't know if there was someone who you could argue it was their team, but it still didn't feel like his. I feel like he's Chicago now. I feel like he's um, taking ownership of this group of guys. It's, uh, I'm really excited to see how he starts, but not only he got off to a great start last year, how he kind of continues it. I fully expect him to get out and score a lot, but it's just going to come down to whether or not he can do it over the course of 82. I, I am ex- I'm with you. I think Absolutely. this is the year he breaks yeah. out and becomes a fairly elite scorer in the NBA, and I do think he's got a chance at an all-star game simply because of what you said, whether or not he's going to absolutely deserve it. I think if he's anywhere close, I don't remember how they picked the reserves. I think he gets a bid just to have a hometown guy in there. But mm-hmm. I've seen him a couple times in the preseason. He looks really good, and the players around him, like, he actually has some legitimate weapons around him. Laurie Markkinen can score. Otto Porter can score. Thomas Sadoransky is a guy who actually knows how to run the point. They have some guys who can actually come in and score off the bench. So I think the fact that he might not have the weight of the world on his shoulders, you know, the, the responsibility of having to be the best player all the time might actually yep. open him up to be a little bit better, take a little bit of the pressure off. I'm excited to watch. I'm actually somewhat excited to watch Bulls basketball this year because I think they could be a fun competitive team. And Levine came out and said it. He's going to be looking for those mid-range looks, that yeah. knockdown, that little. So the guys don't shoot that mid-range ball anymore. He's going to come out and do it all. Whatever season. he so thinks hoping, he can make, go for it. Hoping for the best. Uh, Matt, I got another one for you here. Buy or sell dead ball juice ball. Um, the numbers that we saw throughout the season, home runs, exit velocities, have come back to earth during the playoffs. Uh, buy or sell the fact that the baseball has changed regular season to postseason. I could not buy this anymore. I think it's 100% accurate, 100% true, and honestly, I have no problem with it. I think the juice ball made for more entertaining games during the regular season. I I, I think that's what people kind of want to tune in to see, home runs, the hard-hit balls, all that type of stuff. And when you get to the playoffs, I don't think people necessarily want to see 10 to, you know, 10 to 9, 8 to 7 type games all the time. I think the pitching duels combined with like, you know, when somebody actually does connect with someone, when somebody does hit a legitimate homer, not that all yeah. the juice ball homers aren't, I think it makes it more exciting, that much more impactful. I think it makes playoff baseball more of what it is. I think yeah. I think the major leagues have actually gone, people always say, you know, well, you know, it's, you're not going to be able to hit home runs all the time in baseball. You're going to have to pitch, play defense, and hit for contact. I think major league baseball went out of their way to make sure that happens, and I They've done a fine job of it because it is happening. And I think it's made for pretty entertaining playoffs so far. It, it has. Um, my only hesitation to say that this is exactly what the MLB is doing is the fact that you're dealing with the eight best rosters of pit, the arguably the eight best pitching staffs in baseball. Uh, you know, you've, you've weeded out a lot of the um, belt high breaking balls mm-hmm. and, um, and 89 mile an hour fastballs because these teams are the best teams with the best staffs, especially what we're looking at in these last four teams or these last three teams. Now um, those numbers, 
numbers are going to go down because the pitching prowess is just collectively that much better. Mm-hmm. Do I think that there is a different baseball in that pitcher's hand? Probably. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it's they're, they're going out of the way to like make it a more dead ball than normal. Mm-hmm. I just think they juice it in the regular season, and in the playoffs they've kind of just gone back to using the normal baseball. I want home run derby balls in every pitcher's hand. That's just who I am. Give me <laughs> you've, points. You've give always me liked runs. the big show and the fireworks show. Give me give me exit velocity, all of it. They didn't call you showtime you for nothing. One, you got one more for me? So I'm going to go to college football here, and I'm also going to give you like a bonus like question off of it. But first question, I want the, the, the new AP Top 25 poll is out. LSU has jumped to number two. Clemson has dropped to number four. I want to ask you, buy or sell Clemson dropping and LSU being the number two team in the country? Completely buy it. Um, Clemson has been underwhelming uh, regardless of their undefeated um, record right now. Um, Strength of schedule is an actual thing. LSU has played teams. uh, Clemson largely has not. Mm -hmm. I I, I just feel that they deserve that number two ranking. I feel that the uh, committee could have really made a statement there by making them number one and making everyone lose their brains. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, do I believe that they are the best team in the nation? Probably not. I believe that they're probably the third best team in the nation when it's all said and done. But right now, they deserve that number two more than anybody else. Yeah. Um, I, I could I could make a case for number one as well. I, uh, I the, would the actually that Joe say, Burrow is doing with yeah. that team, the way that they're winning football games, they're they're super impressive, and the SEC is going to be a blast coming down the stretch. The way that resume looks right now, I think they should be the number one team in the country, and that's nothing against yeah. really Alabama either. They've looked very impressive in what they've done. Uh, just in pure resume looking and how they, how they've looked against very good football teams. I do think LSU deserves to be the number one team in the country. And I I think it's next week when they start doing the college football playoff, you know, rankings releases. Mm -hmm. I would not be surprised to see, I mean, because especially early on, they like to go with a little bit of shock. They go with like, they really like to stick to. I think you will see LSU one. I think you'll see, you'll, you're still going to have Clemson in it because of what they've Mm -hmm. done last year, what they've done in the past. You can't, I still think they deserve to be in the top four. They just, I think they might be at number four. I think you'll yeah. see LSU one, uh, provided everybody wins this week. Alabama two. I think Ohio State probably deserves to be number three. Clemson four. Oklahoma five. And if you're doing podcast rankings, you put Moose and Ruins right oh, there in the college one. football playoffs. It's number one. Number one. Easy. It's a run. Matt, you got anything else for the people before we go on our way here? I don't think so. The Hawks started. Uh, they slow start. That's they, a thing. They, they bounced That's a back thing. a little bit. They won the Matt's other hockey, night. Matt's hockey minute will return in coming weeks. Yeah, we, don't, we uh, have we a bit don't, of an idea. Yeah, we don't need a full minute right now. But they, they slow start. The defense still looks a little bit shaky. But they got on the board, which is which is what what's important. They got one. You get all you got to do is see one go in, Joe. And to all our Moose and Runes listeners, we uh, implore you. Tickets are now on sale. For Wish Fest, our annual celebration of uh, the life of Andrew Wisher and him, uh, us paying it forward, um, and and just uh, all the good that they're doing in helping pediatric cancer uh, patients and families, and uh, all the good that they do. Obviously, we've talked about it, talked about it uh, to no end here on the Moose and Roots podcast. But it's that time of year to go get your tickets for Wish Fest. I know it's going to be a lot of uh, good times this year, and it's going to be another great uh, music setup that they've got. So uh, get. Definitely it's, go out and get those tickets now. It's it's uh, wishforever.org for the info for the tickets. Andy Grammer is going to be headlining. I don't remember the exact date. I know it's I think it's early midish December. Uh, I've already purchased my tickets, but get out there, get your tickets, get get your early gold tickets. You don't want those to dry up because they tend to dry up sometimes. So go out, get yourself a gold ticket. 
uh, it's not only a ticket to a concert, it's a little bit of, it's a charitable donation too. So don't feel bad about spending a little bit too much money and uh, go out, get your ticket. Friday, December 6th at Bourbon Street. It's become the home of Wishfest, mm-hmm. and uh, we can't wait to see you all out there again this year. Matt, uh, why don't you say goodbye to the people? Bye, people. Bear down. That's going to do, it for, do it for the Moose and Runes podcast, this episode 125 of the pod. As always, thank you for listening, and go Bears. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the stick was phenomenal.